welcome back to Turf Talk. It is our Cheltenham Day 2 preview, the Wednesday, and arguably this might be the best day of the entire meeting. As per usual, I'm joined by Mr Big Jim Watson, and our special guest for today is, what we, how are we describing you, Adam? Racing, podcast, legend... Uh, I- Describe it. You can describe whatever way you want. <laughs> I'll, t- I'll take that. I'll take that mantra. Thank you. Mr. Adam Webb is with us as well. Uh, yeah, he's, 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 he's cracking. He's a cracking listener on all, all the podcasts. He does the final furlong horrible quiz, and he's writing another <laughs> horrible quiz at the minute for a Cheltenham preview night. Yeah, it, it's been pretty fun doing it. It's not just me writing this one. Luke Elder has had a, a hand in it, and he's. He had some of the questions on William Hill a couple of weeks ago, and he was like, can you answer these? I'm like, yeah, go on then. I answered them, and then I had to listen to Andrew Mount give it a go, and he just struggled his way through it. <laughs> that sounds horrible. And I, I feel like, we've, because me and Adam are both quite uh, unashamed of the fact that we absolutely bum off the Grand National. <laughs> uh, so, so Jim's going to have to try and keep us on a tight rein today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mega all running. Well, with a cross country, oh dear. I mean, the Coral Cup's not going to throw up a Grand National prep anyway, so. <laughs> yeah, I feel, I feel like, I was going to say, like, Adam's Mr. Miyagi from, in terms of, like, Grand National knowledge. I was going to say, but I don't know the name, of the, I only know it as Jaden Smith. And I know some of our older podcast listeners will be fuming. <laughs> I don't know the name of the actual karate kid, I just know Will Smith's son. <laughs> a bit of a nightmare. Uh, horse racing. Uh, <laughs> we'll start with the uh, one thirty, the Ballymore Novices Hurdle, registered as a bear in Bingham. What is this, Jim? About the twenty fifth Ballymore Novices Hurdle of the season? Oh, don't this get me, don't get me going. I have, I have so many, so many Ballymore Novice Hurdle trials written down in these books that I have, thinking, well, what's going on? I'm sick. I'm absolutely sick. To, I can't wait for the Ballymore to be over. <laughs> Envoy Allen heads the market, best price, even money favourite, taking up the option now that Glynn, obviously his main rival in this race, is now no longer coming here, but it's a proper, proper deep affair, even without the favourite. Also unbeaten, sporting John 9-2. to uh, Asterian for Lon Shishkin, Timehill, they're all going elsewhere, they're also prominent in the market. But 6-1 for the big breakaway, 13-2 to for the big getaway, they're both coming here. Uh, of others who also look like this is their likeliest destination, 16 to 1 for easy work and 20s bigger. I mean, we've got three unbeaten horses taking each other on here, all who've made really, really good visual impressions. But should either of the big breakaway or Sporting John, or maybe even the big getaway, be good enough to beat the monster that could be Envoy Allen? Jim, I'll start with you, pal. Yeah, well, Envoy Allen, obviously. Has been an absolute revelation. Uh, we saw last year's won the champion bumper very, very impressively, and, and has had a very, very good novice hurdle campaign so far, um, including uh, the Royal Bond and the Lawlers at Nace, uh, two Grade Ones, and, and beat very, very good horses in the process. Uh, he deserves to be at the head of the market. Um, you're, you've always been a massive fan of him, Lewis, um, and it, it's. Difficult to try and find an angle to try and beat him. However, um, I'm 
just keep banging banging my head against the wall and and will probably end up being on and Allen in the end. Uh, Sporting John has done nothing wrong in his last couple of runs, and uh, as the Archbishop of Colin Tizard, I am a massive fan of the big breakaway. Um, so yeah, all three solid contenders, and it'll be interesting to see what goes down. Uh, look, uh, Adam, uh, M. Viola, mate, is is this a simple case of he turns up and wins? There's an air of inevitability about it. You see the Ballymore down the years and you get the hot pots turn up, Simon Sig, Faheen, Sam Crow, and with all three of them, I had that inkling to take them on just because they're going to the Cheltenham Festival over obstacles for the first time. There might be an angle to take them on. And each time you're just proven wrong. And with NYLN, he has that profile as which you could try to pick holes in him. But you just get the impression that he's just going to blow these away. He's very uncomplicated in how to ride him. Uh, he's got the, one of the best pieces of form in the book in the role Bond, where he beat Abercadabras and Darvis Star. Oh, admittedly, I wasn't as impressed with him at Nace as others were. But the impression that you're getting is that he's just been geared up towards the spring, the Cheltenham Festival. And for me, this is the right race to run him in. I think he will. He, he should prove tough to beat. Admittedly, there are, there are some really interesting rivals against him. Yeah, I, I, I agree, boys. I think this horse potentially could be one of the best I've, I've ever seen saying that at this early stage. I know it's a big thing to say about a novice hurdler, but the reason I was so impressed with M.Y. Allen in bumpers last season, uh, I, I put on Twitter that somewhat uh, at the end of the season that I thought he was the best bumper horse I'd ever seen. Someone told me he wasn't even the best horse in the champion bumper. Where is Blue Sari nowadays? Calm down, <laughs> boys. Uh, oh, dear. Oh, Blue Sari. What has gone wrong with him? Oh. Uh, uh, but the reason I was so keen on Envoy Allen was because he was so good in bumpers over two miles on the flat when everything about him said he won't be at his best till he's eight years old and jumping a fence. Um, I'd, I, I, I think the Ballymore, I agree with you, Adam, in that the Ballymore is the right, is the right option given that, again, I, I think his future and where, he's, where his name will really be made will be as a three-mile chaser. Uh, everything just seems so effortless with him. I, I don't think he's ever going to be the sort of horse to win, to win by an absolute streak. It's just as if he, you know, Alexi Danny were throwing everything at him last time, and Envoyelan was just almost like he was just kidding himself along at ninety percent, just knowing, yeah, throw everything, throw everything, try and get as close to me to you can. I know I'll always have more up my sleeve and. The sky could be the limit. That being said, boys, there's some really, really tidy horses also going for this race. Uh, Jim, you you mentioned Sporting John. Uh, do you want to give a little bit more analysis on him? Yeah. Three out of three hurdles this season for Philip Hobbs? Yeah. I was very, very taken by his performance at Ascot um, in the materials novice hurdle. I know it was only a novice hurdle, but in that race there was... Uh, Master Debonair, who I'm a massive fan of, um, he had a rating of 151 going into that, and 
uh, Sporting John easily brushed him aside. Things didn't go Master Devonair's way that that day, but the way that Sporting visually Sporting John was very very impressive. And if you go back to his first hurdle start, he beat Harry Senior. Um, he's a ultra solid Colin Tizard uh, horse who, who's done tr- tremendous for him. Um, and he's he's only had three runs. There's a lot more to come on the roll. Sorry. Um, obviously won his point to point and I, I, I was really really taken the last day by Sporting John and I, I didn't I thought there was a lot of hype around him and I, I wasn't expecting him to live up to expectations however he certainly did last time out it was I was mightily impressed and I, I can't believe he's almost as short as 9-2 there was 14-1 to one around after that performance and yeah I, I, I think Sporting John is a serious challenger to Envoy Allen. Is it just me who's surprised at going through with him? I think he's quick enough to run well over two miles. I'd have potentially have preferred to have seen him in a Supreme. Am I barking up the wrong tree there, Adam? Uh, the way he won at Ascot said to me that going out in trip would be the right move with him. He's got gears for two miles. We saw that when he beat Harry Senior on debut at Exeter when he took a real walk in the market beforehand and you were wondering how he was going to run. But Barry Geraghty barely got serious with him and he yeah. flew past Harry Senior, who's since gone on to go and win a great at Cheltenham and he's a leading contender for the Albert Bartlett and he's going to improve for a step up to three miles. But I really liked him again at Asker. He beat a, a really good yardstick in Pipe Smoker who's got the form with Chantry House from Cheltenham earlier in the year and I think he's going to be a very nice horse. He's still in this I think and he if he turned up here he's not going to be a, a horse that could win the race he'd probably be ridden to place and with the future in mind but he could be one of a long a much bigger price that could feasibly hit the frame but yeah. I do really like Sporting John also I think what's forced the decision here is Chantry House as well who goes to the Supreme and I get the feeling with the JP horses they're doing the right thing by them Chantry House could have easily turned up here where I think he will improve for a step up in trip in future but as more often the case, Nicky Henderson's best novices will run in the Supreme. And this seems the logical option for Sporting John to go out in trip. And he is a creditable threat to Envoyalen. I, I would also cost the big breakaway as a creditable threat. I've, I've been really impressed with him on his two starts uh, under rules uh, for Colin Tizard. Jim's obviously going to, well, you'll probably back him on Jim. It's a Tizard horse. Uh, <laughs> impressive on his first. Impressive though on his first start where he beat Blackjack Kentucky, who's, you know, who who was a decent yardstick. Well, he's a decent yardstick, hard enough to win with, but uh, he, he, he did win that Chepstow two starts after that. Uh, he, he's a decent one for his plus horse. Then he again Papa Tango Charlie, who again I think was rated one uh, in the one thirties, uh, only beaten by seven lengths. So Glyn beating thirty four at Doncaster. <laughs> On cultural oh, form, Glynn would have been a certainty. <laughs> uh, but, you know, he, he has beaten two horses who we already know, especially with Blackjack Kentucky, who's been, you know, bouncing around in handicaps now for, for a season or so. That he's brushed, he's brushed horses who are probably slightly above average aside. And he genuinely, the, the sky could be the limit for him. I think he's the bigger threat than Sporting John, if I'm honest. Mm-hmm. It was also an interesting point on how this race will set up. Uh, Adam mentioned it early on. Envoy Allen can be ridden anywhere. 
um, held up from the front. It'd be interesting to see what they do with him. The big breakaway has been fairly prominent in his last couple of starts. I can see him making the run in. But I just have the question mark with the big breakaway. He's only had two runs. It's going to have to be some performance to be arguably the best novice hurdler this year in the Ballymore. It's going to have to take a very big performance. He's beaten some nice horses, but he's stepping into the big league here. I think he might struggle there, the big breakaway. Um, I, I just feel like they could have done with another race just before to try and tease him up in better company, if I'm being honest. Yeah, that's a good point, Jim. That was the plan, wasn't it? Uh, what What do you make of him, Adam? I fully agree with that assessment with Jim. Uh, I just wonder whether this is too soon for him, potentially. A really, really nice horse. Um, he's going to make a smashing chaser. I think most of these are going to make smashing chasers. But I think the, the, this bunch of novice hurdlers are one of the best in recent years. Um, compared to the novice chasers, which I think are a damp squib, I... I really like a lot of these horses going forward. The big breakaway. I wouldn't be shocked if he ran badly here or disappointed and bounced back at Aintree. A few Tizars tend to do that over mm. the years. I just wouldn't be shocked if he was another one of them. I like that. I like that. What did I say? I really I like that. I, I like a bold car like that. Early uh, on in the season, I said that the big breakaway should skip Cheltenham and go to Aintree. Yeah, do you and know what? I, I would not disagree with that. If you'd said that to me in like November time, uh, December, I wouldn't have disagreed because some horses you look at and you think Cheltenham might just come a year too early for them. Aintree or Punchestown would be the mm. preferred route for them. Like like the big getaway would be another example. I don't think this is a race that's going to play to his strengths. Mm. Big, gangly, chasing type who is going to be running on the old course at Cheltenham, which is tight. You need plenty of speed. And plus, I also have the question mark about him. What is he going to find when fully asked for pressure. Yeah, I've just had that. The, the worry I've got is when he hit the front at Leperstown in the maiden hurdle, which the form has worked out unbelievably well, won by Cobbler's Way, he hit the front, made a mistake at the last, and it was as if he downed tools, or he just mm. doesn't find anything for pressure. Bennett Nacy goes and wins on the bridle, and everybody gets really excited about him. Now, he does have that sexy profile about him, but I just wonder whether he's more style over substance. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that assessment there, Adam. He's, he's of, of the four at the head of the market, he's the one I'd be least keen on. Uh, not not saying that he's not going to end up, like you said, being a smashing horse in a couple of years' time. But at this stage, yeah, I'd, I'd worry about about the occasion and whether he's just quite, quite there yet. Envoy Allen, even though, again, I, I find it insane that I don't think we've seen the best of him yet. But... I, 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 I just I can't see this suit in the big getaway. I really can't. Uh, I can't either. Is there anything else you mentioned? Pipe Smoker at a bigger price, Adam. Jim, is yeah, there anything for you? I, I wouldn't. Oh, sorry, sorry, I, sorry, I wouldn't back. I probably wouldn't back Pipe Smoker. I think he's interesting. There is one that I probably would back each way, but I'll let Jim go first. Um, I, I've been a massive fan of Nicky Henderson's Allart. Um, go he, Supreme. Yeah. Uh, that that's that's the thing. It's Supreme or uh, Ballymore where he'll turn he, up. He was know. apparently last night. Uh, uh, actually, uh, uh, the Unibet preview last night. He said he was going to have three runners in the Supreme. Uh, Shishkin, Shantry House, and all that was going to go as a third string. Mm, I like. Well, that. I, I I agree with you. He he's a really interesting horse as well. Yeah. Just uh, I just uh, worry whether Cheltenham again is is it coming a year too soon for him? 
Yeah. Because there's a lot of ability in there. It's channeling. It might be the issue. Yeah. And it's interesting you made the point early on that uh, Nicky Henderson sends his best novice hurdlers uh, into the Supreme. Whereas if you've looked in recent years, Gordon Elliott always sends, or the Irish always send their best horse, the Ballymore route, which is mm. interesting, the divide in the English and the Irish opinion on which races are going to be better from. Yeah. I, 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 I get the feeling that almost, in my opinion, I almost see the Ballymore as more of a future chasers race. That might be an impression that I, I think that might be completely and utterly wrong, but if you were just to ask me without any, any evidence... I guess I'd I'd kind of see the Supreme as a little bit more of a here and now horse, and then seeing them, what ones you're expecting more of hurdlers. Where it doesn't work like that, does it? Because you've you've had the likes of Q Card uh, running in the Supreme. I think someone actually, I think I might have heard that someone that the Supreme has a be- better record of producing three mile chases over the past decade or so. It, it has done. I mean, uh, going even back, you had Best Mate who was runner up in it um, in 2000 when he should have won. Uh, he he obviously went on to win three gold cups. Um, trying to think off the top of my head of three mile chasers from Supreme. Um, Q card obviously. Alfroth wasn't quite a three miler, but he ended up in he ended up going out in trip. Menorah. Um, Menorah. Yeah, that's another good example. Uh, Champagne fever. Champagne fever. He yeah. did. I I never felt he was a three miler, but he didn't. He did go out in trip. He had a craft uh, in there. He had a crack in it. Everybody, uh, to be fair, I, th- I thought he was a Gold Cup winner when he won the Supreme. And he just turned out. It, it, ironically, they should have stayed over hurdles with him because he'd have probably won the champion hurdle the following year. <laughs> with, the, with, the, with the ability he showed in that Supreme where he beat my tent or yours, everyone looks at him and says, oh, future chaser. God, but how did he get beat in the Ark? Or, I oh. Right. Well, to be fair, <laughs> I think if they could... <laughs> Western Wars, oh my word! Um, Vitor ended up going out in trip. Uh, I, I'm still, I have that unpopular opinion that although he was just beating a King George, I still felt he was at his best at two and a half rather than three. A lot of people felt he'd have won a Gold Cup. I'd have been one that felt he wouldn't have. So, hmm. yeah, I'd, I'd, I would give a mention here to Easy Work just off what he did. Over Christmas at Limerick, that uh, that was absolutely brilliant that day. I, I was so taken with him. I, I did an article trying to uh, for horseracing.net uh, back in uh, back end of January, uh, trying to find an alternative to Envile because back back then Envile was was six to four favourite of summer, and then it was ten to one bar. So it, it was worth trying to look for an HR alternative, and I landed on Easy Work. Uh, didn't like that they went down in trip with him uh, last time out. Uh, wasn't a move I was particularly keen on. Travelled, he travelled well as well. He travelled like a horse who could cope over that, and then found nothing. But if if he's if he's back at the form that saw him absolutely bolt up at Limerick, I guess unaccepted hasn't particularly done the form too many favours. So he did beat Mount Leinster in the maiden hurdles, who's a decent enough yardstick. Ack. I, I think this we'll see a better version of Easy Work here than we saw last time out. Well, I hope so anyway. Uh, but I, again, I think he'll have his work out uh, beating his stable mate, Envoy Allen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I remember you telling me you you were very impressed with Easy Work at the time. Uh, and yeah, 16 to 1 could be a decent each way price. 
I do worry. I won't take it now. I won't take it now, but I, I, I've written an article tipping him up, so... <laughs> you sort of got it. I can't file I can't just desert it on the actual preview. Uh, boys, we'll just run through our final selections then for the for the Ballymore. Envoyalan for me. Adam? Envoyalan wins, but if you're looking for an each-way bet, I wouldn't put you off Longhouse Poet. It represents last year's winning connections. His former's plenty of substance to it and I think coming back in trip will work the oracle for him I don't think he quite got home over 2-6 um, so I think he's an interesting player at around 20-1 to 1. he's also entered in the Coral Cup isn't he um, yeah I, I think yeah. actually he, he was ta- I think he was taking out the Coral Cup today yeah um, we get well working for PA you get emails about horses getting scratched from race I'm about I'm about 80% sure he was scratched out the Coral Cup I right. think they're going to run here. There are a couple, Jim. There are a couple Irish novices who were in, uh, who were in handicaps as well. Where, where you'd assume they'd be likelier to come here. You, is this the plan for him, Adam? I'd, I'd have, I, 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 I thought it would have been because the owners obviously are associated with the yeah, sponsorship yeah. of the race. Of course, yeah, yeah. That, that's, and, that's a good point, and, and he's a good horse as well. Well, at least that's, that's made me one less tick out of my Coral Cup box because he, 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 he was in the shortlist of about he, 50. He, <laughs> he was in my shortlist as well for the Coral, but I think he I think coming here is the right move for him. I think he can go really well. And Jimbo, mate, I'm, I'm sensible for you. I'm going to take you on. Why not? Sporting John. Um, that I was very, very impressed by that performance last time. Um, he'll have to step up again, but I feel like Envoy Allen's there for the taking. Um, I'm yet to find a chink in his armour, uh, but hopefully there is one in Sporting John. <laughs> I just don't. I just uh, the price is very fair about Envoy Allen. I think. I mean, even money is a absolute cracking price, and I shouldn't really be taking him on. But for the sake of this, I'm going to pick Sporting John. If if if. If no one had ever listened to Turf Top before, we just wanted a 30-second clip uh, to sum up how James Watson sees a game of horse racing. It'd be that. I see no chink in his armour, but I'm going to take him on anyway. <laughs> <laughs> hey, there could be a without... There probably will be a without market at some point, and you could back him in that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If, if there was five to four around about that, I'd, I'd quite happily take that. You'd probably get odds against... a to some point on the day unless Gordon Elliott comes out kicking and has three or four wins on day one then he yeah. definitely won't get odds against <laughs> no. <laughs> no I, I could see him being a little bit of an off for horse as well uh, if, if a couple of bookies fancy doing that straight away you know we'll, we'll give you new customers 40 to 1 on Envoy Allen in free bets or something like that and, uh, 50p on huh? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I hate them like, Altior at 50 to 1 you can only have a quid on oh wonderful <laughs> yeah what What are the point of it <laughs> really infuriating it, it entices you in and when they win you get 40 quid and then you play it up and then you're done next <laughs> I did that last year I, I made I made a new account uh, with, with a bookie when they were offering that I think it was 5 to 1 on Altior uh, Max a tenner in free bet. Uh, you got it back in free bets, and I accidentally only pressed a quid rather than a tenner. Oh, no. so, so I didn't get me free bets either because it was only with a tenner that won them. 
So I just backed out to you. I, I just won a fiver. It was an absolute nightmare. <laughs> I even emailed them and they went, no, you only put a quid on. You don't qualify for promotion. <laughs> oh, no. Oh. What a nightmare. Uh, well, at least you got five to one and out to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it, it, well, it didn't exactly pay for me train fare home, but uh, we'll take it and we'll move on to the two tenants, the RSA and obviously the Chase. This is a race that's going to split opinion. It's split mine and Jim's opinion all season. And they bet three to one favourite in uh, in general champ, four to one Manella Rindo, nine to two Alaho, who's, who's become favourite for the Marsh. Over the last couple of days now. Not sure exactly where he turns up. Six is Copperhead. Tens for Fahim, who might be coming here rather than the JLT, uh, as we previously thought. Tens also for Slate House, Battle Over Doyen. Easy game. Fourteens bar them. Uh, right on the very first podcast of the season, Jim, I said Champ wins the RSA. You said Milanella Rindo wins the RSA. And for the past six months, not a single thing has changed. So go and make your case for Manella Rindo, pal. Um, Manella Rindo, absolutely outstanding last season, uh, winning the Albert Bartlett. Uh, so festival form, rock solid. Then went on to Punchestown and won the Grade 1 over three miles, beating Alaho. Another great performance. Uh, and then novice chasing this season, opened, uh, opened up at Goran, Finished eight lengths by, behind Lorena. You can see that Lorena's gone off the end of a cliff now. Uh, but uh, She Manella, was good then. I'll give you that. She was good then. She, she was electric that day. Two more four on heavy ground. I thought might just get away with it with Manella Indoor. And that day, uh, he, he just didn't. Um, his jumping was a bit airy, a bit gassy. Um, I, was a, I could pick holes in Manella Indoor's jumping. However, uh, on the return in the beginner's chase at Navin in January, beating Captain CJ a lot more efficient over the fences. Uh, I was really, really taken by the jumping that day. Uh, the complete opposite to Champ. And uh, Captain CJ since come out since and, and, and won that grade two. Um, the which... worst grade two novice chase of the season, I'm aware. And this is saying someone speaking who is a huge Captain CJ fan, but only one horse in that had won a race before. So, don't, you know, great. It's not, it's not a normal standard grade two. It was a rubbish grade two. A grade two is a grade two, Lewis. Um, and I didn't win by that far, uh, Manila Indoor that day, but got the job done. Um, I, I'm, I'm a massive fan of this horse. It, I think it went under the radar a bit last season that the fact that it won at 50 to 1. And then everyone was like, oh, it, it's not actually that good. But the form of the Albert Bartlett uh, last season was very, very strong, I think. Commander of Fleet is a horse that you absolutely adore, Lewis. And I th- I th- I th- he had rock solid form in there. Alaho, we've, we've seen what he can do. Um, the 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 first three are I think are, are very very good, but I I just feel like Champ is hyped up to be this absolute superstar, and I've I've got I can pick more holes in Champ's jumping and the way he travels than Minella Indo. I, I I would agree with you on that. Champ doesn't travel as well as Minella Indo, and that Champ doesn't doesn't jump as well as Manila Rindo. However, I just think Champ is a better racehorse. His engine is ridiculous, mate. I've been... 
and, and I know it sounds daft because he's flawed and he is a marmite horse. And I think I'm going to get a decent price about him because lots of people will want to take him on, like you've said. But I just think he's the most superior horse in this race. Uh, the gears, the gears he works his way up through. Uh, you know, he would have won the Dipper, and that that was a silly fall. Uh, he wasn't too bad, to be fair. And I, I almost think in some, in in some. From some other pundits, champs jumping fairly have slightly been overegged. Uh, I don't. Yes, there's been mistakes. Yes, there's there've been novices, but I don't think he's some sort of you know like a clown on roller skates. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know he is. He, he has been good when he's ne- when he's needed to be as well. You know. Uh, I, I just think he wins. I, I think he wins. I, I, I like the way he stays. He, he stayed on over three miles. I do think he's a three miler because I know some people have also said they're not quite sure whether he's a strong stayer at the trip. But because, but I think that's because of his turn of foot. And I think when you get a three miler with a turn of foot as good as he has, I think it's a deadly, deadly combination. And hopefully, I'm, I'm expecting we see a really big performance from him uh, here. I'm probably more scared of Copperhead than Manila Rindon. We'll talk about him in a bit, but I'll, I'll let Adam Whoa. have a say first. Ariva, who are you going to side with, Adam? Me, Jim, or someone else completely? I feel very strongly about this race, and I agree with one of you. And I'm on Jim's side. Oh, oh, get in. Oh. Yes. Yeah. Now, Champ has been one of the biggest enigmas I've seen this season. His jumping for me is mostly fine, but it comes at a price because Barry Geraghty has to ask him to do a lot of his jumping. In the dipper, the first fence, he didn't ask him to do anything at was at the second last. And you can see going down towards it, Geraghty is sat, go on, make your own mind up. And he realises two strides away that the horse is just going to gallop straight through it. And then it's self-preservation from there. Ah, my issue with him is three miles in the RSA. Geraghty cannot be asking him to come up at every single fence because you're doing that, you're expending energy and you're coming up against the horse of Manella Indo who stays three miles extremely well. Albert Bartlett winner. He's got the, a right, the right style of racing for the RSA. You can sit him handy. He will stay all day. And I think Manella Indo is one of my bets of the week. I'm... Oh. He's been built up steadily for this. It feels like it's been the plan just to have a couple of runs. Now, I my my slight concern, if I if I am to have one, is that he's only had two runs of offences. His jumping improved from Goran to Navin, and although I was slightly underwhelmed in the closing stages, it makes you think he's not going to be tuned up for it. It's just a a job done style performance, and you know that he's going to be brought to Cheltenham to peak here. And he's not exactly in the mould of Monolith, thank goodness, where you <laughs> you had doubts about his stamina for this race. You know that Manila Indo is going to stay, stay, and stay a bit more. You can ride him handy. You can drop him in if you like. I think he'll be ridden handy. Make use of his stamina and his jumping. And I think this could be one of several winners for the Bromhead and Blackmore. I'm really, really oh, keen on his chances. Adam, Adam, oh, what, what, what a... Reply I wanted to hear from you then. That, that's <laughs> superb. I am sat on at 12 to 1 for this race and I am 
smiling from ear to ear. Oh. In, uh, another thing I would say, if I own Champ and I'm not rich enough to own Champ, he'd be <laughs> running in the marsh. And I think he'd actually take a bit of beating in the marsh. Because you can ask him up at every single fence in that and not have to worry about stamina issues. In this, I feel as though if you're asking him up at every fence, you're going to expend a lot of petrol, a lot of energy. And what's he going to have at the end of the race would be my concern. He could even he could even end up on the deck at some point. I mean, that's not me thinking in that way. It's just... <laughs> it's possible. It's Can we have a market? Can we have a market on Champ to fall? Oh, God. I don't think bookmakers would accept it. Although he did, in fairness, he did get Barry Geraghty out of trouble at Newbury when he beat Black Ops. Uh, he did. It, even though Geraghty tried to insinuate that the horse was at fault, <laughs> it's not It's not the horse's fault that you're letting him hang to the left and not go around the elbow, realising your mistake, nearly falling off, and it's the horse's ability to get him out of trouble. Uh, yeah, I, I'm all over Manila Indo. I think he'd be... Pretty much the nap of Wednesday. Oh, that's the biggest sigh of relief I've got. I've just kicked back now. Get it. <laughs> and, you know, I, 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 I can't really say much of a rebuttal to it because every single point point you've made is fair and, and one I and one I agree with. I just I just hope the pennies, penny drops. And I guess half of it is, is, is me playing into a thing. I do think I'm getting a bit of a price about champ. I've not backed him at all this season. Yeah, in in any of his free starts, because would I back Champ at odds on? No, I I, I don't I, I don't think he'd ever be a backable odds on proposition. He he doesn't jump well enough at this stage to be a backable odds on proposition. But at freeze, when I think he's the best horse in the race, I, I think it's one that I I would be keen on. I, I I would be keen on, and like I said, I I, I think the marmite nature of him might tempt me a little bit more because I think I'll be getting a little bit more of a price about him. Uh, Copperhead, boys, he's come from absolutely nowhere this season. Maybe I retract my statement about thinking he's the biggest danger to champ. Uh, (laughs) Oh, I love love the fact that you're now backtracking about Manila Indo. I've been banging the drum for him all season and now you're backtracking. Do do, do you know what, mate? It It is just... It's it's been a steady it's been a steady year for him, hasn't it? It's been a steady year for him, and it's it's a hard. I won't say a hard thing to do, but not once have I come away from watching Manila under this season and thinking, yeah, Jesus, that were good. You know, I thought, yeah, fair, he's he's, he's done things well, but I've I've not been. He's he's been adequate, aren't he? And I, I guess that's all he's needed to be, and it's all he's being asked to be, and I guess that's part of the reason why. Adam likes him because he's had a, you know, this has been the plan for a long, for a long time, and he's been campaigned like a horse who is going to peak here at Cheltenham. But well, when I said I felt Copperhead was a bigger threat to Champ, it, it was because when I watched the Reynolds Town, I thought, yeah, bloody hell, that horse has done that really, really well. Do you know what I mean, pal? Yeah, I get exactly what you mean. Um... It all happens on the day now. That's all we've got to worry about. Uh, Adam, do you think they're making the right move going here with Copperhead rather than the National Hunt Chase? If you'd have asked me a week ago, I'd have said they should have been coming here. Having seen the entries for the National Hunt Chase today, <laughs> I think they should be going for that now. Because <laughs> um, he'd win that. 
I, I, I'm not keen on carefully selected, but then you look at what's against him and you're like, um, none of them are as good as him. And it, it all depends whether he can jump round. Um, Copperhead, for all that the Reynolds town fell apart, what he did, he essentially broke the heart of two for gold and just powered clear. He was relentless. And sometimes with them races, when they fall apart like that, you take a, a suspect view of the form. But I think with Copperhead, he's just kept on improving and improving over fences. I mean, he made the, the Mandarin, which is not the strongest handicap in the world. It's a decent handicap. And he just toyed with them. I, I, I think he's a really smart horse. And I think uh, if, if I think Manila Indo's my likely winner, I'd be more worried about Copperhead than Champ. Another person I agree with. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'll be very surprised if carefully selected goes off favourite for the, the National Lunch Chase because everyone I've spoke to and everyone that I really know really doesn't fancy him at all. Well, um, but, but, but it is, Jim, it's, it's like, you know, we recorded our day one preview with Paul Callahan yesterday and, and we all agreed that carefully selected is a is a woeful favourite for the race. I, I, I have the opinion that this is... And it, well, it's they have the jockey to the Mullins yard and they needed to find a horse for Patrick. And they were just <laughs> like, uh, carefully selected, do you? we run him? Uh, but it's such a bad race. Thank God for Lord Dumini. Thank God for Richard Hobson for putting up some meaningful opposition yeah. to him. <laughs> and, so, and Sam Willie uh, Cohen booked on board as well. He's going to have a great spin on him. Yeah. Um, I, I have to chuck him in now. Even, now I know that he's running, you'd have to chuck him in there. Why is the decision of them to run? Because they could have easily missed it and gone somewhere else. But there's an opening there to run in a, a weak National Hunt chase. And he's probably second best on what he's achieved this season. Yeah. yeah, yeah fair point. And he stays. We know he stays. Oh, we know he stays. Right. If he can finish second in a National Trial, I mean... <laughs> uh, well, well, I will move back on to the RSA. Uh with Cuphead, I, I like what you said about the Mandarin as well, because it's, it's normally a bit of a boat race, isn't it, the Mandarin? Did Carol's Desvier win it the year before? Or, yeah. Or has Dachlan Dyke won it as well? Dachlan Dyke's won it as well. The best example for you and I, Jadami won the Mandarin in 1993, 1st of January, and he beat S&S, who won the Void National. Wow. So there's your first Grand National reference. <laughs> to be fair, we've, we've gone 40 minutes. And no, that's, that's impressive, the first Grand National, so that's quite good, to be fair. Yeah, we've I don't think Manila Rindo is a Grand National horse on there. I think he's more a, a Gold Cup horse of the future than a, an Aintree horse. So. <laughs> yeah, but Co- Co- Copperhead travelled well in a Mandarin chase. That doesn't normally happen. Mm. Everyone is normally off the bridle. About half the it's, norm- it's normally I a proper slog. I think most were in that renewal. Oh dear, there were some that were off the bridle oh. very early. They went a strong pace early on as well. Yeah, and it, it, it was still travelling well. I, I really, really like this horse. He's, he's the one on an upward curve. It's just whether that upward curve is as high as Minella Rindo or Champs at the minute. Uh, but look, he's, he's, he's had a cracking season and he's thoroughly respected and I think he's a thoroughly likeable animal. Yeah. Uh, wouldn't disagree. Uh, would you run Alaho here, Adam? I th- um, I wouldn't. I think he's going for the marsh, uh, judging yes. by Betfair. That's um, the vibes. Yeah, he was very impressive at Fairy House, but he's just... 
he's a strange horse, Alaho, for me. I, <laughs> there's been more than one occasion where I've not been convinced about his finishing effort. He did it in the Albert Barlett, and I forgave him. Yeah. He did it again at Punchestown, and I was left questioning what on earth had gone on. And then he did it again at Leopardstown behind Easy Game. Now, he might not have been fit that day. He might have just needed that first run. A few of Mullins were not running up to their best. But he's just a horse that he's done it more than, more often than not in a finish where he's not been very convincing. And I just I want to see more of him. I mean, he could probably go and win the marsh. <laughs> yeah, no I agree. I agree with I, you there. I think that a set of cheap pieces or something yeah. on him could spring him into a different horse. The only issue is that Willie Mullins isn't exactly the first trainer to reach yeah, no. headgear. He, he doesn't uh, have a fun, is he? Well, then again, Gordon Elliott reached for headgear for Don Poli and he resented it. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Alaho's a strange horse for me to get a grasp on. I think we, we speak about him a bit more in the in the Thursday preview. I, I, at one stage of the season, on his first start, I thought, I thought he was a proper stayer. And then the next time I thought he looked... Far too quick for three miles, and I don't particularly know what I make of him. Uh, is there anything else? I, I don't want to use that word yet because he is still lightly racing enough for it to become apparent. But a I good, do not know what this horse is best at. A good judge said to me he thought he was Jack Adam Mark II, and I can <laughs> see where he was coming from. <laughs> oh, that's. that's- that's a, That's a fair comment. <laughs> That's a cracking comment. Jacked and Mark to Alaho. Uh, anything else, boys? We want to mention Slate House won the Cotto Star. Battle over Doyen is a horse who I've been impressed with a grand total of about zero times, but somehow keeps wi- uh, kept winning up until last time out. Uh, easy game, probably the marsh uh, for him. For he might turn up here. I know William Williams, I think, said he might be leaning towards the RSA. Uh, either of them you'd like to touch on, Jim? No, um, I, I, I think Faheen. I think Faheen should go for this. Um, you saw last year in the stairs hurdle uh, that three miles. He's, he's still is he, up his street. Um, this is a harder race. I don't get why you would with a horse like him. I think it's, it'd be a terrible decision. You might as well just try him, might you? Why when, why when there's an easier option that won't be the RSA can be a hard race the RSA can be a really tough race it can take it out of horses uh, no give him the give him a horse give him a race that won't be as hard on his legs and won't be as hard to win all right we'll we'll, we'll just have to disagree there um, I, I think Fahin should run in I think three miles is more more to his suit than two mile four I think he might find that a bit bit too quick who are you with on this Adam Pardon? Who are you with on this uh, about Fahin? Oh, Fahin. Um, Well, interestingly, he's weak on the exchanges for both races. Um, He's more favoured for the Marsh. Personally, I'd probably run him in the Marsh. Yes. I think that'd be an easier race for him. Just that's a a more open race. I think in Nellarindo and Champ, you're coming up against two stronger horses although as i as i've said i think champ is opposable but it, if he was running the marsh i think he'd probably win it so <laughs> yeah and slight house adam would you give him a chance ah he's not for me he's a horse that i thought when he first burst onto the scene when he won his grade two novice at cheltenham i thought he was going to be a very smart horse then he sort of had a wayward spell 
and I'm not fully convinced about the form of the Court of Star. Black Ops a horse that is always going to be a nearly horse, but his, his jumping is always going to be a problem for him, Black Ops. Slate House, I just want to see him bounce back from last time. I felt it was the first time he's running a proper race and he just he wilted under pressure when push came to shove. Um, yeah, Black Op, Black Op could hit the frame if he ran here, but I wouldn't trust him for win purposes. Just that he's always got a mistake in him. Yeah. And it was the same over hurdles. And it was a, it was one of those where it was anything he does over hurdles is a bonus because he's going to respect the fence. And then the first two starts of the fences last season, I think he must have hit half the fences he came across. So he, Jumped like a Vauxhall Corsa, didn't he? <laughs> I like that analogy, yeah. Uh, yeah, he is jumping. It, to be fair, he jumped well at Stratford. He's jumped better in the main this season. But he's still got that mistake in him. He made. He did it at Kempton at the second last. He did it at the last against Champ at Newbury. I just expect similar here. He'll make a mistake late on and run on into a place if he, if he does turn up here. Yeah, I agree. I, I do like Black Op. In general, I'd, I'd probably kind of prefer to see him back down in the marsh as well. I think I'm not particularly sure he's the strongest stayer at three miles. You I think could, you th- could ride him aggressively in that. Yeah, in I, I, I think he's a two a two six would be his optimum trip, like that race that race at Sandown. Uh, yeah, Oxy Chase would be right up his street if if they ever wanted to go to that because he is nine. You know, if they wanted to throw him in at that at the end of the season and crack on with him, I, yeah. I think that could suit. But the only not, issue for me would be the railway fences, three in a row, 100 yards. Yeah, oh, yeah. I wouldn't want to be Johnny Burke. <laughs> on him going down there. Uh, boys, we'll get our final selections then for the RSA before Jim mentions Master Tommy Tucker. Uh, Manila Indo <laughs> for you, Jim, as per. Yeah, the defo all aboard the Manila Indo Express. Same for you, Adam. Manila Indo. Champ beats him. And I dance a jig of joy. I don't, I don't, I've never danced a jig in my life. I don't know why I've said that. Uh, you, are, you are the least danciest person. Is that a word I have ever met? Dance I've never it. ever. Yeah, that's an interesting word. Yeah, that's a word. Dances, I mean, we've used unkempt as, as an adjective <laughs> about 10 times this season. So we'll, we'll allow danciest as we move on. To the Coral Cup, and we will be very dancey if we pick the winner of this out of the, what, 547 horses currently entered a week in advance. And they bet General Birchdale and Protector are 8-1 to one joint favourites. Tens, Damned a Company, Column of Fire, probably going for the Martin Pipe, as far as I'm aware. Janadil, Easy Work, who we touched upon in the Ballymore. Then 12s for Bacchuson, Canardier, Downtown Getaway. Those days are gone. I like the way you're thinking. Sempo McFabulous, he wins in the Imperial Cup. And Franco Deport, he's 14 to 1 bar them. I'm not going to list them because we'll be here till next Cheltenham. If I do, uh, Adam, we brought you on because you're cracking at solving puzzles like this. Uh, so go on. No pressure. <laughs> right. Well, the Coral Cup is a race that has been my Achilles heel at the Cheltenham Festival in recent years. Um, if anyone if anyone says that their strength is the Coral Cup, they are a liar. They yeah. are a liar and a cheat. I do I do like the attempts of the race, but the Coral yeah. Cup, it still eludes me. Um, there's only one or two strong opinions I have near the head of the market. 
Um, Birchdale has been well backed in recent days, but he's a horse that I I can't have at his current price. Now, if you if you're backing him at twenty five twenties, fair enough. I get the angle. He's unexposed. He's only had five runs, and you can see it in that sense. Nicky Henderson's got a great record in the Coral Cup. He said he's won three since twenty ten with progressive hurdlers that have gone on to be graded class. And I can see that angle with Birchdale, but my worry with him, a couple of worries, is run at Ascot where he was disappointing over fences behind Angel's Breath. Nothing came to light of that. Now, I know he's been freshened up and he's coming back over hurdles, but I just wonder whether he'll have the know-how for a race like this. I know he travelled well in the Albert Bartlett last year, but this, a 28-runner handicap, is going to be a different kettle of fish. And I, a 26 runner, sorry. I just wonder whether this might be a bit too much for him. Likely, quite a bad record in this, don't they? Yeah. If you've got some, if you're likely racing, say you've got a running A handicap somewhere, I think you're okay. But just that worries me with him. Not that it's his handicap debut, because I think 146 is very fair on what he achieved last season. I just wonder whether this might be a bit too much for him. I much prefer his stable mate, Dan the Company who was a huge eye-catcher in the Great Wood when she got out pace and then ran on up the hill, and then she dotted up at the track, not over course and distance, you can't say. Like, she won at the, on the new course where she beat Indefatigable, and she won comfortably that day. Now, Nikki Henderson won an appeal. Her <laughs> handicap rating got changed to 142. Mr. Henderson appealed, and they got the old marker 140 back. I still think she's well she's well handicapped off that. Um, and of the Henderson pair at the top of the market, she'd be the one that I'd be most convinced by. I get the case for the protector at, who is, he just screams a Dan Skelton plot. Although I felt the county hurdle might have been better for him. And then saying that, they got my head for that. But he won well on New Year's Day at the track at this trip. Uh, the old course shouldn't be a problem to him. John Hales had a similar horse when, Oh, Petty Swan, who won this in 2015. Um, those at bigger prices. Uh, there was one that I did like, actually, and I've lost it in the list. Ah, uh, that was it. He, I, I was half keen. I'd have been keen on Eldorado Allen if he turned up here. But unfortunately, they've mentioned the county hurdle for him, which is a shame because I thought Sepp had been tripped and brought back improvement in him. Maybe that'll happen next season when he goes chasing. Um... But yeah, I'd, I'd probably just side with Dan the Company. It, it, I think closer to the time I'll be able to find another two or three to go with her on a shortlist. But at this current moment in time, she'd be the one I'd be most keen on. That's a very, very sensible way to approach it uh, uh, a week in advance, really, isn't it? Uh, and, and have a little bit more of a dig when, when the field's narrowed down a bit. But Dan the Company at this stage, the main pick for Adam. Jim, who are you looking at? As uh, your likely Coral Cup bet at this moment. Well, I've I've managed to fiddle down two, so so I'm gonna have two darts: Canadier and Flash the Steel. Uh, Dan Skelton's other one. Um, I think Flash the Steel's been a bit of a plot for this race for a while for Dan Skelton, and I respect that Protector Rat is a shorter price and is slightly more unexposed, but I think Flash the Steel's win at Chepstow over two mile three was very impressive. Um, went up eight pound for beating Champagne Court by two lengths um, and then went to Haydock into that grade 
is it the fixed bro? Used to be the fixed bro. Used, yeah, they used yeah, to be the fixed bro. Um, and I miss them hurdles. So do I. Uh, and and struggled over three miles on typical Haydock sloppy ground. Um, I, I think this drop back to two mile five will be more interesting for Flash this deal. And I could see that. I I I could see on the day if there's any money for Flash this deal, I'll be absolutely all over it. Um, I, I just feel like put a line through last time. You look at that win, and I was very, very impressed. Uh, I think there could be a slight bit more to come from Flash's deal. And um, I mentioned Canardier um, has been moved to Willie Mullins, did nothing wrong with Dermot McLaughlin. Um, and I, I feel like I felt for a while that he's got a big one in him. And did he, he, he ran in this race last year? Off a rate of one four one, he's in this off one four five. He'll have to have improved again. He ran in in big handicap hurdles uh, all, uh, all three meetings last season. Uh, I just feel like Willie Mullins might have unlocked the key with him uh, after being disappointed in beginners' chase, stepping him back down over hurdles, and I, I just feel like there's something about Canadia that's interesting. And I think twelve to one's a bit of value. You've mentioned two that I had in mind there, Jim. Although I kind of gone off Canadier a little bit. Uh, I, I backed him for the race last season. He finished fifth, and again he, he ran respectable efforts in defeat, like you've said at both Aintree and Punchestown. And I, I guess the fact that he's with Willie Mullins, you could you could see as, as a plus the fact that they're going back to hurdles. But he was he. He didn't run like a a good horse either start. Or, I mean, he fell on his chase debut and then was absolutely spanked next time out. And that worries me. That that does kind of worry me. I, I wonder whether... I wonder whether anyone on Twitter will be able to tell us, because I can't think of any off the top of my head, although I'm sure if there is one, Adam will know it. it has, has there been a horse win a Cheltenham Festival handicap hurdle without running over hurdles that season? Oh, sorry, I've only spent the season chasing. That's a good question. I, I couldn't think of one. Um, trying to think of a horse going back over hurdles. Um, well, you can't in the attempts because you have to run in the qualifier. Uh, Martin Pipe tends not to be. He tends to get novice winning that. Yeah, Coral Pipes. I, I know that he ran over hurdles that season. I think Munker Hostin might have started out over fences. In the season he won the Coral, ah. but it might have just been over hurdles the whole year. I'm because he he went chasing, then went back hurdling, and he went back chasing, and he had a mixed career. Um, I'm trying to think of a horse. No, Spirit River didn't because he. he mm, that's a good question. I'll put it. I'll put it out on Twitter once this is out, Adam. I'm, I'm, if 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 someone happens, I'm. If it has happened, I'm, I'm sure someone will tell us. But I, I, I was kind of puzzling myself for that for a couple of, you know, for a fair bit this afternoon, trying trying to think of one, and I couldn't come up with that. And that and that worries me about Canardier. Well, because if things had had gone to plan, surely he wouldn't be in that in this race. And I don't like that as a prep for a horse. However, the one I'm probably keenest on at this stage is another Willie Mullins horse, and that is Backerson. We've seen a bit of money coming for him. 
over the last couple of days, to be fair. But I think it's for good reason. Running the Gold Cup two seasons ago, didn't get very far. Uh, came down very early on, and he was a big enough price that day. But he's, he's a horse rated 159 over fences still. Only 147 over over hurdles. I don't think the disparity between between that is that large. I, I don't think there is £12 between how good a hurdler he is and how good a chaser he is. And he's a bloody decent chaser. I also think he's a decent hurdler. He beat Durasso uh, over too far at Punchestown. New Year's Eve, what, two years ago now? What year are we in? I, he beat Durasso a year and a half or so ago. Who, You know, Durasso's a decent yardstick uh, over in Ireland. He's a sort of, he's, he's almost like the Irish Holstone. Now, we had the Holstone theory last <laughs> year, Jim, that if, if you were going to have to be a graded horse, Holstone was how was how we judged you. I kind of have Durasso in my mind for that in Ireland. Uh, and it, it was a decent run after a year off, finishing third to Cracking Smart in the Boyne Hurdle last time out. Uh, he was, you know, he was only five lengths behind Penhill, who who had stripped fitter. And if Penhill was running in this, you'd imagine he'd be. Well, I I reckon he'd probably be close enough to five because this this race has recently tended to go to classier types, like we've seen, like William Henry. Opeti Swan was running in graded races after he won this. And I, I, I quite like a horse of this who has form at a higher level coming back down rather than one trying to make their way up. When I was trying to find one at a bigger price, I, I almost thought about making a case for Honest Vic, but at 33 to 1 for a Henry Daly. Uh, but Again, it's, it's a horse. I don't want a, this to be a horse's hardest test of their career by some degree. And I don't think this will be for Bakkerson. Uh, I, I quite like him. I, I, I think he, he, he could have more in hand of his mark, which isn't something you'd often say for a nine-year-old who's been around for a fair while, uh, r- rather than a little bit of a plot horse on the up. But I do, I do think he could be ahead of his mark, and I think he's a very, very fair price, and he's likely to come here. Interesting point. Um, was Bakkerson part of the quiz about five greys to have run in the Gold Cup? He was. He was. He was one of the five. <laughs> Not that I got any of them like, but <laughs> didn't even get Bristol to mind. Oh, dear. I can... In relation to hurdlers, uh, chasers to hurdlers question, I can think of examples going the other way. Yeah. The Cleve, Hur- the Cleve Hurdle's the prime example with the Ultima, where you got Ben Salem, the Druid's nephew, and Tompa too. They all use that as the Cheltenham prep. But I can't think of it in, in going the other way. It, it tends to be a tidy, you know, it tends to mainly be staying chasers, isn't it, uh, who will tend to... Almost like we see me Ramsey's at this year, who were who were gearing up for a well with a handicap mark to protect. It doesn't happen the other way around too often because I guess if you yeah. go over fences and you come back to hurdles, it means things have gone wrong. It's uh, also changed in recent years in the sense that if you were coming back hurdling, you now sort of get a revised mark. Whereas like 10, 15 years ago, you could go and be a top-class chaser and then come back and take advantage of a low hurdles rating because you weren't very good over hurdles to begin with. So, Which I kind of miss. I used to enjoy them horses. It's like Stardom a Hayes on giving, coming back over hurdles. He was rated 145, and yet he's like a 160 chaser. I think he is probably one of the reasons why they brought that rule back. <laughs> 
<laughs> it'd be a good laugh, wouldn't it? It'd be a good laugh if we allowed that. Uh, but we'll move on at this stage. I'm, I'm sure things will change. Uh, Adam, for you... Damn the company. Damn the company. Jim? Flash the steel. And I'm going to stick with Baxter. Though again, Flash the steel was one of the ones that caught my eye when I was looking through the list. I'm not going to ride on... I'm not going to steal Jim's thunder there. But I agree with him that I think he's got a cracking chance. As we move on to what is probably the race of the week, it is the Queen Mother Champion Chase. Oh, it's mouth-watering, isn't it? It is absolutely mouth-watering. And they... And they bet best prices. Well, not it's not best price at the minute. I don't know who the racing posts are showing. To be fair, it was best prices for the first for the last two podcasts we've recorded. Don't have a clue who this is. But Altior says fifteen to eight next to his name. Nine to two Defi Desai. Five to two for Shakun Portois. Then a group of horses who are running elsewhere. Twenties Politilog. Twenties Dynamite Dollars. Twenty-five to one. But those. I'll let you start here, Adam. Free horse race, do you reckon? And if so, which of the three? I hope so. If this turns into the anti-climax that last year's champion hurdle did, I'd be so <laughs> disappointed. <laughs> these, the thing with these three is that they're more robust. They're more, they're, they haven't got as many question marks over them as, say, Apples, Jade, Boover, Dare, Lorena, um, which is more of a saving grace. I think you're hoping it's these three that are going to fight it out. Although there are rubbers at bigger prices that could throw their hat into the ring if one or two of them underperform. I've been one of the biggest Altior fans you'll ever find, and I, I was so pleased to see him come back in the game spirit after that gruelling race at Ascot with surname. And it goes to show, I mean, I was questioning why Henderson wasn't getting him out after Ascot, but it, it's clear that the race has taken its toll on surname. Two subsequent runs, he was beaten leaving the start in the King George and at Ascot, riders on the storm went to him and he just wilted and Henderson just knew, give him more time, give him more time. Obviously he had an abscess, which is cleared. Um, what I loved about his win in the game spirit, I know you're beating So Royal again and So Royal is he, your low to mid 160s chaser. He's not good enough to win a champion chase, but what I loved about it was the finishing turbo kick was back. And it's the first time we've seen it for a while. So it shows that the, the engine is still there. He's still able to be competitive at this level over two miles. He will hit a flat spot. But the one hope I have in this year's champion chase is that Nico de Boinville will ride him like he rode Sprinter Sacre in 2016. You need to take the ball by the horns, jumping the third last. Make use of his stamina. Just kick. I mean, he might hit a flat spot for four or five strides, but just keep going. I think that is the right way to go with him this year. He's getting a bit older now. He's getting a bit cuter. And I think that is the way you'll win your third champion chase with him. Uh, I hope he does it. He he, he is one of my favourite horses, I'd say, of all time as well. I mean, I, I still think he's versatile enough to go out in trip. I know he got beat by surname first time, but it's still a hell of an effort in a circumstances to get beat. Both of them put their heart and soul into it. Altio's obviously reacted better than what Surname did. And that maybe is a sign of him being a true champion. It's the first time he's been beaten in four years. It could have easily broken him, that performance. But yet he comes out at Newbury. The swagger comes back in the last furlong. 
and he kicks Clara So Royal and Dynamite Dollars. I'm just really, really, really excited about this race. I do think Defi Desoy is his main danger. He's done very little wrong this season. The drop back to two miles has proved to be the right move for him. Won the Schler, won the Tingle Creek, won the Clarence House. And at the Clarence House, it was it was a strange race. Underso didn't go as quick as you thought he would. But Defi Desoy still had too many gears for him. It was a different side to Defi. Normally, you're waiting for him to be played late and to have that one finishing kick. But at Ascot, he went to two out and you knew he was going to be one clear winner. And he just strode away from Underso, who is going to be sorely missed in this champion chase because he would have been the, the perfect pace angle for everything to aim at. And you'd have got a fairly run race. So tactically, there's going to be the question mark there. Shaq and Poursoir, I'm slightly concerned about him in the sense that that Dublin Racing Festival performance, I wonder whether that might take too much out of him because that was a lung-bursting effort, him and Min. They both went at it a long way out. No wonder it was a good figure on the clock, but they were paying for it at the end of the race. And I just wonder, he's been fragile enough in the past. I just think he could be the weak link of the trio. Um, my preference is for Altior, but that's probably because I'm a fanboy. And I absolutely love him to bit. <laughs> so I'm hoping he can win that third champion chase. If Deffy won, I wouldn't be shocked. He's he's a very good horse in his own right. And I'm pleased to see him kick on because his, in juvenile days, he looked very good. And he had that season where he just was wayward. And then he's come back over fences and he has proven to be top class, which is what we kind of need with juveniles these days because a lot of them are very flash in the pan. Um, so it's nice to see one go and achieve what he has. Um, Altior gets the vote head and heart Jim have you been in contact with Darren Brown over the last few days because have, have, have you <laughs> somehow managed to somehow managed to like get get my thoughts and put them in Adam but just in in better words <laughs> yeah yeah it, this is what you've been trying to say to me all season but he's put it absolutely perfectly yeah he's, he's worded I, 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 to perfection Adam, Adam said in Six minutes, what I've been trying to say for six months. Uh, <laughs> uh, what? I can't, I can't really add anything to that because I don't have an opposite angle. Because I think that's exactly the way it'll go. I've, I've, I've made no, you know, I've, I don't, I don't back many horses. To be fair, I say I'm more of a racing fan than a gambler. And but I did back Altiar at the start of the season because I saw his year progressing the way it would do. They were never going to run him in the Ryanair, and I thought. If they was gone, they were going to run him in the King George. He would have been beaten in it, and therefore he was going to end up back in the Queen Mother. And the four to one available for the past for the winner of the past two years, who at that time was unbeaten, and his only victory, his only defeat, I assume was going to become of the trip, which I don't actually think it was at, at Ascot, but I, I, I thought four to one at the start of the season for him was mental. Uh, I think it's mental that it was ever available. I am scared of Defi Desai. I am scared of Defi Desai. And I'm not even particularly convinced Altior likes Cheltenham. I've, I've, I've said that on Yeah. He, 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 apart, in fact, if, 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 if we discount Ascot, where he got beat, in all of his wins... The ones where he has looked most vulnerable have been the last three years at the Cheltenham Festival. Yeah. Charbel had him in bother in the Arkle. And 
I, I'm not entirely convinced he enjoys the Cheltenham experience, apart from the final two furlongs where he hits <laughs> top gear and he powers up the hill and he wins his third champion chase. I think he's fine until it's coming down the hill. Right. Then he has a little bit of bother. Then he gets balanced. He turns for home and he's fine. In the Supreme, it wasn't really an issue. I don't know why. Maybe it's the wider track and then it's not as tight as the chase course. Maybe something to do with that. Because you watch the Supreme, he travels down the hill just mm. fine. He oh, that, that turn of foot in the Supreme is unbelievable. He doesn't just quicken once. He quickens about four times. And it's just incredible to watch. I, I had to watch it again the other day because it's just one of them performances that you, you watch it back and it brings a big smile to your face. In the Arkle, I do have a slight feeling that he might have been underwhelming for the read because you remember him at Newbury in the game spirit. I do wonder if if that performance took a little bit out of him because he, he thumped Fox Norton that day and he won by about 15, 20 lengths and... He may have had more of a race on soft ground than he should have done. In, last, in the first champion chase, he struggled down the hill, and then once the turbo kicked in, he went. I felt last year, I'm not sure it was Nico's finest hour. I felt he could have kicked on a bit sooner, and instead he relied upon the horse to, it's going to be there. So when he got headed at the last, I actually thought this could be the first time he's going to get beaten, and then he, he kicked in, and he went one two lengths, a cosy two lengths as well. Um I just feel that, as I said earlier, I think he should force the issue this year. Because if he doesn't force the issue, then I think he could be vulnerable. Do you let you have your say on this, mate? <laughs> well, I, 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 I don't think anything that I say in comparison to what Adam just said is going to be any good. Uh, I like the chances of Altior the most out of the top three. Um, Defy Desai, excellent. Excellent this season. That's all I can say. Um, people look at the form and say that Shaq on post where I beat Defi Desai in, in novice days, but it was clear to see that um, Defi Desai had, had a hard season bumping into this year's Cheltenham Gold Cup winner multiple times. Um, however, Alvin thought it wasn't a novice last year, Jim. <sighs> this well, year's no, Cheltenham. This, this year's Santini didn't know the two and a half. Oh, don't get Jim started <laughs> on Santini. <laughs> God, I'm so happy to put cheap pieces on him. Just that early part of the race. Oh, thank, thank God. Thank God Adam's not on for day four of this because we, we might as well fall out. We've agreed far too World much. War, so World War Three. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, I could slag off Santini until the end of the world. Even if he wins the World oh, Cup. I'll still, how I'll, could you? I'll still Have find you not ways. read my Twitter bio? Yes, I have, <laughs> and, and I was scared that this was going to come up. But elegant escape with a better with a better reputation. Is that what you yeah. call him? Yeah. Oh, I am. I am. that hurts. Yeah, I am. Um, I, I think I'm quicker. I'm quicker, <laughs> and I'm not very quick. Let's just say that I'm the most immobile person ever. Well, Lost in Translation is just a poor man's cue card, so... Yeah. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh. Right I joke. I, I, to be fair, I, I, I do love Lost in Translation, just not as much as I love Santini, so... It's... Oh. 
Right through the heart, that one. Another horse that I'm going to have to give a mention in this, who I absolutely adore, and Lewis is going to absolutely kill me for this. I'm not, I'm not, because I think you're right. He's dynamite dollars. He's going to be underestimated. I think you're right. And 20 to 1 is such, such good value. He's third last time out behind Altior. was a perfectly acceptable reappearance. Um, He'd been off with an injury. Um, he missed Cheltenham last year because of it and if you'd listened to this podcast for the past year I've been absolutely obsessed with this horse um, Lewis did nothing but slate me and slate me and slate me for tipping him to beat Kalashnikov or, and win that uh, win the Henry VIII novice chase and he, he's, he pulled it out of the bag last season and I just feel that Harry Cobden could have gone a bit more sooner I think he was worried what was under the bonnet when he asked it to go, when he asked Dynamite Dollars to go, because he was left in the lead at the third last. And if he'd have pressed on, I think he would have finished a bit closer to Altior. And if you have to fancy Altior in this, you'd have to chuck Dynamite Dollars in. And I think 20 to 1 is absolutely magnificent value. And Altior, I'm on Altior's side, but as a bit of each way value, I think Dynamite Dollars is got a massive chance. If he'd have turned up in the Arkle last year, he'd have probably won it. He would have. He would have. And, like, and Jude, Jude de Geneva is just completely flattered by how the Arkle panned out last year. And you look at him this year, he's going for the Ryanair, and he's got... I, I couldn't have him in a month of Sundays in now. No, right? I couldn't. Jude de Geneva is a worse Arkle winner than Western Warhorse. Do you know what? I, I actually yeah, I agree. agree. Western Warhorse never really got the chance to go improve himself because he injured himself after Aintree and was never seen again. But Duke de Geneva, everything he's done since, just... And, ev- ev- and everything he's done before that, like, I've, 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 do, I've done some work for Time Form and uh, they were obsessed with him after that. They thought, what a performance. And I was I I, I sat there thinking, where have you got this from? Everything he's the race absolutely fell apart around him, and everything he's done before that, you know, if if a horse is suddenly twenty pounds better, you've got to ask questions. Back of one run, you you know, there's got to be a better explanation for it that he's suddenly improved that much in the space of a month, especially when the race (laughs) has fallen apart behind him. I can't believe so many people took it at face value. The the issue was was that it was a good time because they went a hell of a gallop. And he just went there on the bridle and went one on the bridle. And that was the issue. Um, you, you can produce a good time figure on the bridle, but he, he's never convinced me off the bridle. And uh, he's not even running in this. He's, he, he wouldn't have much chance anyway. So It just makes no, me feel can... even more sick, though, that the fact that I was on at 25 dynamite dollars for the Arkle. Oh. <laughs> as soon as I, I found out... I'm going to at 16, and how far would he have won by? <laughs> <laughs> Did you read Willie Mullins' interview yesterday when he talked about Album Photo going for a schooling session around Navin? No. I've well, Chilas well, well, Emery missed the article last year, right? They said it was a schooling session where he jumped round. Well, apparently he fell at the first fence. Yes. So no worry, no worry, he'll set back and miss the rest of the year. So <laughs> oh, no, he wins a champion hurdle anyway this season. Uh I, I see what you mean about Dynamite Dollar, Jim, because I get the feeling that Chacun Bossoir, if he doesn't win, won't be in the first three. Yeah. I um, can see that. Yeah. I, Definitely. I, 
the more and more I look at it, the more and more I really don't fancy Shaq on Poussois. I think Adam said it earlier on, it, that took a big effort out of him beating Min, and I think he'll struggle in this. He's only had a four chase starts. I, I feel like people, his jumping needs to be a bit better. I, I wouldn't say it, it's it's good, but it's not magnificent. Um, and I think at this top, top level, he might get found out. Yeah, ju- just not sure whether he's robust enough for a race like the champion chase. Uh, before we all make our final selections, I'll just ask you, Jim, because you are a big fan of him. Did you see the Telegraph's uh, each way tip for this race yesterday? No. Uh, the Telegraph tipped up diamond dollars each way to win the champion chase. Diamond, diamond dollars. dollars last ran in 2006 at Sunland <laughs> Park, finished unplaced over five furlongs in a maiden. Diamond dollars. For oh. <laughs> Joel Ma. Well, I really, really hope Dynamite Dollars runs an absolute cracky race because I've taken a lot of stick for following him. Everyone thought his hurdles form was horrendous, um, which it, well, he, he wasn't exactly a superstar over who, hurdles. Who did he beat at Chepstow on his hurdling debut? I know. Now, now I've I, I brought this point up so many times. and this is, <laughs> he, He's been in my notebook. The front two in that I said are going to be very, very good and when he beat Lost in Translation, oh, don't get, don't get I was at, I was at Chepstow that day, and I remember seeing Lost in Translation in the paddock, and I actually fell in love with him there. I thought, it's a really nice horse. I absolutely um, love him so much. As long as you're not dreaming about him in the Gold Cup coming to the last, because you've got Santini on your right, and he goes and wins three lengths. But. Oh, Robbie Powers still sat there on the bridle while Santini's rowing away. Oh, <laughs> I really can't wait. And it's the fact that Lost in Translation knows that cameras are on him. I've, just, I've seen loads of pictures on it. He knows where every camera... I've got so many pictures of him from the Betfair chase. He just looks at you as if to go, come on, take the picture. It's, it's almost as if he knows he's... Well, oh, he's phenomenal. Okay, just oh, as long know. as he's not looking into the grandstand with all the cameras, you'll be yeah. all right. Yeah, I really <laughs> hope so. That, that's, as long as his mind's on the game, jumping the last, when he's three lengths in front, that's all I care about. <laughs> It's Altior for me, boys, to win his third champion chase and hopefully, hopefully get some of the recognition I, I feel like he's deserved. I still think he's such an underappreciated horse in general by the racing public. And hopefully five five grade ones at the Cheltenham Festival in a row. Yeah, hopefully a bit of credit now, please. Uh, Altior for me and for you as well, Adam. Altior for me. I hope he does it. Well, it'd be, it, you, you, we want these great horses. He He's a great for me, but this would cement him. He'd be the, the second horse since Badsworth, Badsworth Boy to go and win three champion chases. So I, I, I really want to see it. And Jimbo? I'm going to shock you all here. Altior. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm going to pick Altior. I'm going to make it a hat-trick. What, what, do you, what do you think of my anti-post selection of Altior, Paisley Park, Tiger Roll and Benny Dijer, all to win any race at the Cheltenham Festival, 85 to 1? I am sitting very happy right now. That is a nice bet, that is. 85 to 1. I remember seeing it at the time, thinking that that's magnificent. Tiger when was Roll, that placed? I, um, I don't, can I find out more? I don't know if that... I think I think it was before Christmas. I'm going to say it's... That, that's a hell of a bet. I think it was after Altior got beat by surname. I think. I can't find out anything. 
The only little question mark I've got is obviously this setback, and you just wonder whether the Grand National's the main aim this year over the cross country. But even then, if he runs to what, £10 below what he did last year, Silver should be good enough to win this. He was exceptional in this race last year. He just poured it on from six out, and nothing could go with him. Uh, it was a brilliant performance. Then he went and bettered it in the National, where he, he beat Magical Light and Rathvinden. Um I was really satisfied with his comeback. I thought turning for home he might win even though Gordon Elliott had said he was fat and would need the run. He just <laughs> blew up going to the second last. He was entitled to do that. You'd be more than satisfied with it. I, I do think he'd be very tough to beat again. My concern with Easy's land, apart from Jonathan Plugan, who hailing a cab at every event he goes <laughs> over, he gets low at his fences. Now, he mm. got away with it in December, but one or two of them bigger hedges, I just worry about him getting slightly lower than that that'd be my concern i think he is a credible contender admittedly he's only six as well so we've got plenty of years to come with easy's land um so when tiger roll goes by the wayside in a couple maybe next year then easy's land could just have that potential to go mop up in the division uh well oh god if you'd have told me in 2017 that mike bite and yanworth were going to face off in the cross country i'd have called the priory to uh, put you in but they're here uh mike bite, what a game. i get the logic with mike bite if he's enjoying going round seven barrows and going to Cheltenham and jumping various different obstacles i think this is the kind of race he will enjoy because there's nothing they to lose is there they pot around for three miles, and then once push comes to shove, if he doesn't fancy it, he won't go. Simple as. Hmm. But I, I reckon he'll have a fun day out, and they might nick third or fourth place prize money. Yanworth, I'm, I, he fell at the the drop hedge on the side, and that's just a worry with me. That just jumping in general, he's he's good over the banks. I think the banks really, he's taken to them really well, and they're not. It sounds uh, he doesn't have to really make a shape over them as if to jump them you could just sort of make the shape and go over them as opposed to coming to like a big hedge having to properly arch your back and go over it and the the one fence that i was worried about in december he actually fell at and again i'd be worried about the same obstacle then again i actually have be worried about the entry obstacle because it's not exactly the same build as the grand national fences at entry it's the old style core in it it's not because if you hit it halfway up it is you, you, there's only one place you're going to be, and that's on the floor. So, oh god! As long as Yanworth never ends up in the Grand National, Jesus Christ, that would be scary. <laughs> if there is one that is interesting, actually, I think Pleasant Company could be the type if he ran in this to take to this. He really enjoys the challenge of entry, and if he's been over to school, he could just be of interest and might nick a place. I agree with you about Pleasant Company. I think I, 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 I think he'd he's the sort of horse who I could see going very well in this, and it seems like a sensible decision, as opposed to running Yamaha in here, who even even with the pace they go, oh, in the first what, you know, three fifths of the race here, isn't going to stay. He's just not going to stay this far, uh, in my opinion. M- maybe I'm looking too well was trying to look a little bit too deep into it because I do I am impressed by Easy Land and I think without Tigrell he'd be well he would be clear favourite he's clear second in the market eleven to four the next the ones after him are tens he's in a, he's on a winning streak of six 
going the right way. But yeah, you are probably right that Tiger all turns up and this at wins again. I, I, I'm just I, I I do I do think evens or a shade of odds against might be slightly more realistic, or maybe that's just me wanting a backable price. Yeah, might get it. You might get it on the day. The, I'm sure they, they, they'll enhance the double with Envoirelen and Tiger Roll. They might even throw out your in for the treble or the trick to your. Well, they went off evens last year, didn't they? Which was which was daft to beat Josie's orders for the seventieth time. And Josie's <laughs> orders is back again. Uh, yeah, he's going by the wayside. Bless him. He should have some. He'll have a fun day out. Might, might pick up. Might hit the frame, but. Ugh. It, yeah. Tiger, I, I think he'll win. He, although he has more question marks this year, I still I'm still confident enough that he will be ready enough to go and win this. Yeah, Jim, same same again for you, mate. Yes, yeah, same. I think Tiger Roll should take all the bean. You know, I backed in this race last year. What was I ever thinking? Ultra gold. Purely because it was Colin Tizard. You, you nutcase. Purely just because it was Colin Tizard. He does like unique fences, so yeah, that, 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 that was there. He just never travelled at all. Just never travelled at all, and nothing went his way. And uh, all I'm looking forward to jumping these fences is Peregrine Run. Um, I've been a massive fan of this for the national for for a while. He needs he needs to finish in the first four. Ah, does he? Yeah, that's cause this it, is it, an interesting place to come to try and qualify. Yeah, it um, won't be, be highest to my short list of a. There's some really bad races in Ireland over three miles. He could he could pot around in. Yeah, there's that it, race at Down Royal that they were discussing as well. I hope he comes there, finishes fifth, because it means LeBroy's got a chance of getting a run. <laughs> <laughs> that was a bitter, bitter man. <laughs> yes. Why the handicapper dropped him £3 for Warwick, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I was really happy after Aintree. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm a big Peregrine Run fan in general as well. I think he's an absolutely smashing horse for his connections. But, yeah, wouldn't be for me here. Tiger Hall probably does win. Tiger Hall probably does this win. This back-to-back races. We've all agreed with the same horse. This hasn't happened yet. No, well, if if we all get three in a row, if we all pick the same horse for the Fred Winter, Jim, uh, I'm going to start practising voodoo or something, mate. There's some, <laughs> there's some dark forces at hand. Uh, they bet for the Fred Winter, five to one favourite, Aramax, Sevens, Mick Pasta, Tens, Fujimoto, Flyer, Cerberus, and Sasaiko, surely likely for the Triumph. Also, Tens, Time White, and Away of the Sea. Uh, I'd say the same comment about him. 12's Palladium and Tronador. 14's Enfietra of War. Recent revelations. Repetitio. St. Derue. Galahad Quest. And Blacko. 16 to 1 bar them. Uh, I'll throw this over to you first, Mr. James Watson. Always a tough puzzle. It's always one I love having a crack at solving. Uh, I tend to be quite bad at it. Is there anything that stands out for you? Um for the same connections that won the race in 2018 Tronador catches my eye the most out of these um, was rate, only rated 60 on the flat for David Lanigan but bumped into some nice horses in in Hamish and Valorum uh, in his early career um, didn't do very well in them sort of races but um, 
sort of has thrived since joining uh, Gordon Elliott. And I, I, I just feel like this has been a bit of a plot with him. And they had, they had Venera Charm in the same colours back in 2018. And I just feel like they could be trying to do the same here with him. Um, he, he was third at Navin on his latest start behind uh, Nadine Coyle's favourite named horse, Flyer. Um, <laughs> and I, I just I just feel like that was a decent enough race. That was stepping up into a novice hurdle. He could have easily run in another... Uh, he could, could have run in a juvenile hurdle. He's... I just, I just, I don't have a really strong opinion about this race. I'm normally not a big fan of it, to be brutally honest. But I, I just feel like the connections of Tronador have been planning this for a while now. I, I, I see your case, and I quite like Flora. <laughs> uh, uh, I, I, I am a fan in general of seeing a juvenile race against their elders. Yeah, he got he was getting almost two stone that day, which doesn't doesn't mark the form down to me. But I, I guess on first you saying, oh, he's got he's got within four lengths of a one forty odd rated horse. Uh, I wouldn't quite take that on face value. Although I I, I see your case exactly why you do like him, mate. And I say it, it's something I do. I, I am quite a fan of. I do like our juvenile who has stepped up outside of their own age group but I think I'd be looking elsewhere Adam where do you see this going at this stage I think the most important thing to note before five day stage and the 48 hour stage is that the weights are going to change dramatically for this Solo is definitely not running here so the weights are going to go up about a stone here (laughs) and by my calculations I think top weight will be something like Mick Pasta who I actually feel it'd be more of an entry type. And I half wish they're not going to, but I half wish that they missed this and went straight to entry fresh mm. and had a go and I had a go at the Triumph Hurdle horses. I, I, I think that race would be perfect for him. Flat track, he can travel off a strong pace because all mankind only does one thing and he, I'd expect him whatever he did at Cheltenham to go on to entry or Goshen, one of them. He can just track them and pick them up. He's, a, he's that kind of horse. I think he's got a lot of ability, but I think a flat tracker probably seemed to best effect at the moment. Uh, he was disappointed in November, but I think there were excuses that day. Um, there are, there's one or two in this that I like. I think the main one that I like is Galahad Quest, who the only worry is that if the weather keeps drying out, I think Nick Williams said they'll only run if it's soft ground. But I don't think the handicapper was too harsh to him for his grade two win at the course in January. It, it wasn't the best grade two in the world. I, I'll be I'll be the first to admit it. But the, the guard have got previous in this race. They won it with Flying Tiger in 2017. And he just strikes me as a type that is going to be a really, really nice horse, especially when he goes jumping fences. I don't know if it'll be next season or the year after, but he's a, a big, imposing sort, especially for juvenile. You know he's going to make up into a, a proper national hunt type compared to some of these flatbread individuals. Um, I just think he's a, if he doesn't run here, he's a really interesting long-term project. Yeah, he's, a kind of, he's a kind of horse that the stable does very well with. Um, he's really interesting. Uh, the 
other one that I was half interested in was Palladium, but then he went and got £13 rights of beating yeah. Flicker Voyu at Sandown. <laughs> and I think 1-3-7... I think he can be competitive of 1-3-7, but whether he can win is another thing. I, I was half hoping he'd win there by a couple of lengths, go up to, say, one thirty, and I'd have been very happy. But unfortunately, he got hit with an even bigger hike. Flicker Voyu is a horse I wouldn't particularly trust anyway, but... Is yeah, I think he'll run well. The, the, the test will suit him anyway. Stiff finish over two. He, he shaped on the flat as though he wanted about three miles. So this should be right up his street. I, I probably will pull up Galahad Quest. He, it's an interesting enough renewal of the Fred Winter. And I just think that the English might have the edge over the Irish. I'd, yeah. I'd agree with that analysis of preferring the English form this year, Adam. And I'd... I do like Galahad Quest. I, I I was almost half going to make a case for Night Edition myself, the horse who he beat yeah, last time. Yeah, I can out. see that. Uh, I, I don't think there's too much between them, and I do like the both of them. They'd probably be, if, if I was to narrow the field down to, to about four, they'd probably both be inside it, but at the minute, the one I think I'm probably keenest on is Time White for Paul Nichols. Uh, fairly experienced on the flat uh, back home in France. Paul Nichols does well in this race with ex-French types. I think he's won it three times in the past ten years. Uh, Sanctuaire, Quilando and Bouvroy, was it? Diego de Charmil. Diego de Charmil. Bouvroy was second to Quilando. Mm-hmm. One, two, ex-French get in there. That's almost strengthening my case rather than me just picking a random horse who's <laughs> never ran in a Fred winner. Yeah. But I quite like this horse. Look, he, he was he was keen on his debut, and he was Goshen bullied him. To be fair, Goshen Goshen was in a different league to him, but it, it, it showed there was something there to work with. Uh, he had the Pinkin in behind him. He was a decent enough standard setter at, at this level of juveniles. Uh, he's kind of been mid midfield in a in a in a couple of decent enough races. So I, I think he's an all right gauge of exactly how much this lot have achieved and then he, and then he hit the front at Kempton over Christmas and probably got stayed outstayed by a good ride from Kieran Geffins who just delivered Roland Ward absolutely perfectly uh, when I, I kind of felt Time White was looking like like the winner over the last Roland Ward just just delivered absolutely perfectly and he won that running away and again he his form links in with Galahad Quest and Night Edition, who he ran behind at Cheltenham, I think. Uh, that that was a decent little race, though. There were, there were, there were two Manier and Suede horses who were both fairly useful. Homer and Goa Lil were in behind that day. Goa Lil was also in behind him again at Musselborough when he finally got off the mark and won the Scottish Triumph last time out. Group stage as well, who might run in this, uh, was second to him that day. And it's just a sort of steady under the radar profile from an ex-French Paul Nichols type that I, that I kind of like for this he, he, I, I feel like he's been being beaten by well the, the horses who beat him were just better than him on the day I, 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 I don't think it's one you can make excuses for but I kind of like that sort of solidity about him in a race like the Fred Winter got off the mark last time out in, in a decent enough listed race and hopefully he's not uh, 
overburdened by one three three. Hopefully, that's that's a fair enough rating, and I think it is off what he's achieved so far. He's been backed into ten to one recently. You want that shot when I first had a look the other day, but we live and we learn, don't we? <laughs> You've also got to say that Hitman is very, very interesting in this. He has decent French form. First one for Paul Nichols here. Paul Nichols owns him himself. Um, he he tweeted earlier saying that he won't be ready. Oh, oh well, <laughs> thank you very much for saving my breath. Um, I, I just think he's very, very interesting in future things to come. Um, so, anyway. So that's why else want going to run. That's why, didn't you put a Bristol Demi for the Ryanair? Yeah, I, I quite like this. I quite like just just tipping horses that I know won't run, so then I won't get no stick. <laughs> <laughs> I said it'd run here, but it's not. Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> you can't shout at me now. Hey, it's, a, it's, a, it's a bit like me saying that Candace Oboe was a horse to avoid when he won't run two King Georges. Woohoo! <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> oh, but that, to, be, uh, to be fair... The year I said he was one to avoid, he didn't break. He didn't um, make a profit. That was the main thing that year. <laughs> Still won't win the gold cup. <laughs> I hope not. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. If he wins the gold cup, I'm likely to get lynched. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> throw myself off the top of the grandstand at Cheltenham. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not at Cheltenham this year, so <laughs> that won't be an issue. So we're all safe then. Oh. Uh- Mick Pastor, I find it interesting that if he runs at Cheltenham, that it'll be here because I think his form is good enough. Well, his his win last time out, and I guess the reputation he had coming to Cheltenham suggests that suggests to me that a tilt at the Triumph would not be unreasonable. And but like like you said, I I just I, I, I see even off a mark of one forty, I think he could be the one who is who will end up progressing to much higher than that even if he's off top weight here but I'm just not sure whether this is a race for him I'd, yeah. I, I worry I, I could see him running well in the triumph if he went that route but still my gut feeling is that Aintree would be the, the place that you'd seem to real best effect yeah I agree I agree Jim is there anything else you want to mention on this or yourself Adam uh, um... nah not for me is, is there anything that we know that's not going to run that I can finally tip up? Anything? Uh, oh, Psycho. Oak, Oak Park. That ran. That ran there today and pulled up. I think. I think that's going to run. I fancy Psycho for the <laughs> Triumph. Um, Just put him up for this, and then you can. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I'm going to tip up Psycho in this because I think whatever it turns up in, it will be very competitive. And I, I think soft ground will be the key for Sasako this season. And then if uh, you tip him up for an handicap and he wins a grade one, you look even cleverer. Yeah, that's how good I am. I'm, I'm tipping Sasako now. Um, my main tip for Nat for this race is Tronador. We're going to go Tronador each way. Time right for me and for Adam, it is Galahad Quest. Yeah. We'll move on then to a race which is a bit like the. I, I quite like these Cheltenham races. I guess it's part of the reason why I like the Grand National so much is that there is still an unknown there. You know what I mean? I I, I, I almost prefer the Supreme to the Champion. Well, I think the Supreme is probably my favourite Cheltenham race on day one because we've got, we've only got a limited amount of evidence and it's and it's up to us to try and 
take the rest of it out and and we don't have as much to work with. I, I, I like that puzzle of it. Uh, and in the champion bumper, though, is a very short price favourite. Three to two. That's not an odd. Six to four. <laughs> it's, um, it's a Ladbrokes thing. They had an issue with six to four, so they put their price in at three to two. Well, I asked this question I... in work, and that was the answer I was given. So, Well, at least it answers the question of whose odds I've been reading out for the past two hours. <laughs> <laughs> Ladbrokes, uh, Jesus Christ. They're not generous. Uh, um, appreciate it. Is a six to four favourite uh, <laughs> ahead of Fernie Hollow at seven to one, Queensbrook and Panic Attack eight, tens for Root Delen, Israel Champ and Ocean Wind fourteens, third time lucky in Fire Attack. Then you get sixteens. But then uh, we might not see anything as good as Envoy Allen in this uh, this season, Adam. But who do you fancy? It's best to start with Appreciate It, who's been really impressive at Leopardstown in his last two runs, and he has that similar profile to what Carefully Selected had, in that he won the two-and-a-half-mile bumper and then went out over two miles and showed plenty of speed. Admittedly, Carefully Selected went elsewhere rather than the Grade 2 bumper at the Dublin Racing Festival. If you want to pick a hole in in him at 6-4, to it's that effort, it was a huge effort. And whether he can back that up again, that might be the slight question mark. For all I think he's the most likely winner of the race. I wouldn't want to sit here and oppose him completely. He's not. There's not. There are some favourites in the week where you're going, oh, I can't have that, or I really want to oppose him. Just at six to four, what put me off backing him is that huge effort last time. I'd be, I could be happy to leave him at that price. The two following him in the market, Fernie Hollow and Panic Attack, I could take them on. Fernie Hollow. For all that he's got a ton of ability, he has plenty of quirks to go with it. Especially the first two times at Fairy House and Leopardstown, where he, the first time he was, he pulled far too hard. He came off the bridle and he hung left, and then he flew home. And then I wasn't fully convinced about him off the bridle at Leopardstown at Christmas. Um, he won last time, but the race fell into his lap. I think he needs to learn to settle and just become more tractable. And, he he could be very smart, but if easily they could those issues could hold him back. Panic Attack won the Mayor's Bumper at Market Raise and went with Willie Mullin. She's since been bought an expensive purchase for Brian Drew, but I don't think that is going to be of the level of form that appreciate it has shown and others in the race as well. I know that she gets plenty of weight and that'll be a big appeal for her, but I just wonder if a race. Like the champion bumper's the right place to go with her. I, I Personally, I'd be against her. She'd be one that, if, if it were place laying, I think she'd be the kind of horse that you could have on that list. If I were to have a couple of bets in the champion bumper, I'd actually be back in a couple of mares. Uh, first one would be Queensbrook. She reminds me slightly of Fiona, a wide-margin winner of her sole bumper start at Goran. She was really impressive, galloped through the line really strongly. The track shouldn't be an issue for her at Cheltenham. She's a half-sister to a very good staying chaser, Shotgun Paddy. How the hell he got round him at National Hunt <laughs> Chase, I still don't know. Um, Derek O'Connor worked miracles that day to get him round. I think she's really interesting in that Fiona-type mould. And the other mare that I'd be interested in if she turned up, and now we've not seen her all year, but she's had entries over hurdles, is the Glancing Queen for Alan King. 
I think Alan King's gonna have a re- is gonna have an interesting week at Cheltenham. I don't want to say a very good week and jinx him, but he's got some <laughs> really interesting chances. He hasn't he hasn't had a winner since his Andre at the festival in 2015, Christ. which I find remarkable, considering he used to churn out consistent festival winners year after year. I think this is a year he will hopefully land the prize. There are one or two of his I'm interested in, and he's got chances throughout the week. If she turns up here. I was really impressed with her angel when she beat Manila Melody, and she represents last year's champion bumper form, which has worked out remarkably well. She had a setback in the auto. I think it's to do with a splint. I'm, I wouldn't be 100% sure. I'd have to go trawling back through the weekenders, because Alan obviously does a, a weekly column for that. But she was entered in the mayor's hurdle, which implies that she's been working and working pretty well. She's got the entry in here. And if she turns up, I think 25 to 1 is slightly insulting, considering there are horses around her that haven't achieved as much as her. Obviously, she might be a bit more exposed in terms of bumpers, but she's got a level of form that I could see her putting her in the mix anyway. Um, so the, the bets for me would be Queensbrook and the Glancing Queen. I like that, Adam. I like that. I, I'm, I was quite a big fan of the Glancing Queen myself this season. I find it interesting that she's remained in here. I, I, I've not, I'd not clocked that myself. Uh, so I, I do quite like that angle. Hurdling, which is, it's a shame she hasn't gone hurdling, but from what I was listening to a, a rival podcast, I won't name them, <laughs> but uh, they had uh, they had Alan King's assistant on and they, he basically said that she would go her, if she did go hurdling, it would be the 1st of May, around that time, obviously, so then she's got a novice status for next year as well, rather than go and waste it and win a race, say, at, mm-hmm. I don't know, Air or Perth, something like that. They're going to wait till next season, get a run or two into her, put her away for a break, and then bring her back in the autumn slash winter. Um, she could be very, very competitive in May's novice herders next season. I, just, I, I really, really like her. It's, it's the bottom line. I like that. I like that, Jim. Yourself, mate. Well, I've got I've got something to follow. Here. He's made an absolute outstanding case uh, for the two mares. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, I mentioned uh, Ocean Wind won very very impressively at Newbury. I thought being brief ambition by eight lengths. Previous to that, at Cheltenham in the listed bumper, the race just didn't really go to suit. I don't think was only being a neck by audacity um it was over a mile and six two mile really saw ocean winning the best light last time um i, I think that a two the, the two wins were on good ground uh, that would possibly be the only question mark for me at this moment in time but um I, i'd i appreciate 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 it at the top of the market is as solid as i think i'm gonna get um I think Ocean Wind will, will run into a price. Um, I'm quite disappointed that um, the sizable Sam, he's not got an entry in this in the end. Um, I, I'm a massive fan of that horse. Um, and I'm just disappointed he didn't turn up. I, I'm not a massive bumpum fan, if I'm being brutally honest. Um, but I, I think Ocean Wind might outrun his odds at 10 to 1. Ocean win, that'll be a second Godolphin breadwinner on the day if we're assuming Tiger Owens. That is a son of Teofilo, half-brother to Three Kingdoms. 
Mm. Who actually ended oh. up being quite a decent chaser for a John a John Ferguson back when he got all the good old thing cast offs. I miss the Burnfield days. I miss them. They were brilliant. I absolutely love it. like Pavilion running in a Supreme. <laughs> yeah, in brilliant. <laughs> it was mental. I, I, I absolutely loved it. Makuta, rest in peace. God bless him. Oh, yeah. Gave out your race at Cheltenham. He did. He's going to be some horse. Some horse. I don't get off his end anymore. I still remember the day Maputo won a Newmarket handicap. It was at the July meeting over a mile and a quarter. And he was, oh, he was, I think, what's the horse like? Oh, Red Avenger. Oh, God, that. You know when you have cliff horses over the years and Red Avenger was my one cliff horse. I hate that horse. Fermament for me. When he won, he won the, the Golden Mile at Goodwood. And my God, it was the worst day of my life because I backed him in every start that year. I backed him him somewhere else. The first day I didn't back him, they put first time blinkers on. I said, enough's enough. And he got heavy metal. Oh, I was raging. I then went and and backed him the next three starts and he he barely (laughs) raised a leg. Oh, that's sickening. From the Cheltenham Festival to Cliff Horses on the Flat. Oh, God. (laughs) Oh, it's brilliant! Like I said, me, me and Adam have done well not to go off on random, random Grand National tangents. But I've I've decided to go back on a little bit of a, a on a bit of a Bloomfield's uh, Bloomfield's memory lane, just looking at Nabucco, Devilman, like Broughton, Parlor Games, Purple Parlor Bay. Games. What? I remember oh, What was the one that they had got favourite for the Fred Winter? I think it's like 2015. It was a grey, if I remember. Oh. Like, well, it was well fancy for the Fred Winter and it flopped. It was in Quilando's year. I can't remember its name. I love a gander. Ooh, I, don't, I don't know. Yeah, Pine Creek, he were all right, weren't they? Oh, yeah, it's all coming back. It's all coming back. Joe Farrell was a Bloomfield's horse. No he way. He was. I did not know that. He ran in the Grand National. <laughs> Arabian yes. Arabian Revolution. That's the one. Arabian Revolution. Bang that was it. What, what a year that Fred went over. Baron Alco was in it. Christ. The St. James named after me. Stark, Starky <laughs> Tech. <laughs> he was he is the St. James. Oh, he was giving an interesting ride that day. And oh, I won't say that more on that. Oh. That's a very... I was on at 33 just, just for name's sake. And I was throwing things at the telly let's just say that <laughs> oh god Midge how what a smart animal he was in his day as well I'll go back to the uh, to actual modern day racing uh, instead of nostalgia corner uh, appreciate it I, I like but I think he's short I think he's very short and if I were to look for an alternative I've, I've been very impressed with Farouk Delen this season and it, he's shown me something that I do quite like to see in a horse's early days is that his head's in the right place. Sometimes when we see these bumper winners go out and absolutely murder a field, it doesn't tell you anything about about their about their attitude. Farouk Dillon had to proper scrap for it to beat Fire Attack last time out. Uh, it was a useful animal himself. I think that was a very very tidy little bumper down that down at Nace, only a couple of runners, but two Jiggins Town horses coming in, coming home ahead of uh, Willie Mullins as Statler. 
Uh, and he absolutely bottled up on his debut at Down Royal. Uh, it's it's not the most. It's not a race I have the most confident opinion in. I think appreciate it is the right favourite, and I think he's probably the likeliest winner. Though I'm not sure at, uh, at whether he's exactly a backable proposition at what we're saying. 18 to 24 or whatever they're fucking calling it. Uh, yeah, I feel who? sorry though for Miss Miss Matterson because she's got appreciated and carefully selected, and everyone just doesn't really fancy them that much. <laughs> and, and they've done the, both of them have done nothing wrong, and I, I don't fancy either of them that much. Well, I'll have them if she don't want them, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. To, to be fair, put... I'd, be, I'd be I'd be more keen on appreciative than I would be carefully selected. Yeah, I think Definitely. I would be as well. It's just the effort last time. It, it's not that it's too good to be true. I think he is smart, very smart. I just wonder he needs to back it up, and I just yeah, that'd be my slight concern. Just at six to four in a champion bumper at Cheltenham. I like that. I, I like that. I, I, I might, I might end up playing on him, but at this stage, it's it's one I am kind of happy enough to probably leave alone until the day. At this stage, uh, Jimmy, your selection then for the champion bumper, mate. Um, I'm going to stick with Ocean Wind. Why not? Ten to one. It's it's not a strong fancy, but um, I think Roger Teal might have a nice one on his hands for future endeavours. He's got a nice flat horse next season as well. Uh, I, I, why am I? I don't even really like the flat. I don't know why I'm bringing it. Kinsai was. Yeah. I'm big keen, well keen on. Enter for the uh, guineas. The entries came out today. Did they actually? Is it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. The entries came out for the two thousand and the one thousand. Yeah. And I was looking through them earlier thinking, oh, that's a nice horse, that's a nice horse, and also that's a nice horse. <laughs> and then I was yeah. like, hang on a minute, it's Cheltenham next week, why the hell am I looking at this? It's just like the Coral Cup all over again. Uh, of of your two mares, Adam, who would you, is the one you're keener on, or are you happy uh, enough to go for them both? We'll go with them both, but if I had to have a preference at the prices, we'll go with the Glancing Queen, each each way. I like that, and I I probably think appreciate it does win. Typical uh, Lewis. If I'm to one, I go for, I, I go for Farouk though. At least I'm coming up with an alternative though. Hey, I've put sixty six and fifty to one for something. <laughs> <laughs> I just like winding you up. I'm not going to lie. Just just wait till we get to the Friday podcast, mate, and I'll I'll be. Insulting, lost in translation, left, right, and centre. I'm so glad Adam's not on for that because he could absolutely tear into lost in translation. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I wouldn't. I really respect him. <laughs> oh. No, shame me. I've got money on him, so I don't. I don't know why I'm pretending just to bully Jim. For... <laughs> uh, I'd, have to, I'd have to make up a case completely against him, <laughs> and I know just... I won't be speaking true. Say. So. <laughs> oh dear. Are there anything you're particularly keen on on any of the other days, Adam, that you'd like to give a mention to? Um, Billaway and the Fox Hunters. Probably be my nap of the week, which is a very oh, weird race to napping. But <laughs> I was really taken with him at Nace. And when I went and checked Andy Poe's markets, I expected him to be 7, 6 to 1, something like that. He was 14, and I couldn't believe it. Um, he's one of the only Andy Post bets I've had. For this year's festival. Um, others that I like. I obviously like Santini. But I'm not going to 
tip him in, in any He's terms. He's a shot of six now, Billaway. Yeah, I, I, I still think that's a fair enough price. I, I, William Mullins very rarely targets horses at the mm. Fox and um, Patrick obviously wants to win it, so I can kind of see why he's persuaded Dad to go and buy a horse for it. Um, yeah, he'd be the one that I'd be most keen on later on in the week. I like Lispin the, Lispin the Grand Annual. As I said earlier about Alan King, I think he will have a winner, and I hope it's Lisp. Uh, Bosses Oscar in the Martin Pipe would be another. Um, just thinking elsewhere. Uh, I think Cash Back in the Arkle as well. Ooh. I want to be against. I want to be against Notebook. Thank you, thank you. My for those, and I've not heard this mentioned anywhere, and I'm surprised I haven't heard this mentioned. Is running the Ballymore last year. I wasn't convinced he was in love with the track, especially coming down the hill. From if you watch the Ballymore Ooh. back from the top of the hill down to the second last, I don't think he was comfortable. And I just wonder whether tracks like Leperstown, Punchestown are going to seem to best affect long galloping tracks. I just wonder whether the tightness of Cheltenham is going to really play to his strengths. Because he is a, a unit of a horse. I can see Cashback reversing the form with him. Mm, uh, trying to think anywhere else. Put the kettle on. I did like the novice handicap, but she was taken out. Um, trying to think. Thursday. Thursday's quite a quiet day for me. I can't. I, I can't really think of really many strong opinions I have. Other than I, I if Lebroy turns up in the Kim Muir, I think he'd probably go and win it. If he doesn't, Plan of Attack would be one I'd be keen on. The price is half yes. gone with him. Me and Lewis are but, in agreement with you there. Barry Barry O'Neill, a good booking. He's won on him before. An excellent third in the Paddy Power at Christmas behind Roaring Bull. Uh, <laughs> I wasn't going to do the, the impression. <laughs> Thank um, God for I, that. I, I, I got a bit nervous then. <laughs> a controversial opinion, but I wasn't a fan of the commentary. You'd shoot me now. No, um, <laughs> it was shy. You can join us here. We, we, we slagged it off at the time as well. Oh, so. good. That's all right. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, trying to think. What else is there? The Mayor's Novice, no. Play. Stay as hurdle. Penhill each way without... Paisley Park would be an interesting bet. I think he's he's been trained with the race in mind all year, and he's steadily been coming on run to run. Uh, is there anything else? No, that'd be it for me. Uh, Billaway would be the nap of the week, and the nap for Wednesday would be Manella Rindo. Well, we'll get on to our rating the races and absence. So, Manella Rindo, your nap, Adam. Next best on reserve, please, mate. Next best, we'll go with the Glancing Queen each way in the bumper. And the reserve, um, we'll put down the company. We'll put her in each way in the coral because I don't really want to put up a win selection in a 26 run a handicap. <laughs> Mr. Watson, please. The nap is going to be Manella Indo. Um, we've we've made the case. If anyone else is listening, just just back Manella Indo. Simple as that. Jump jumps a fraud. Pass it on. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, my next oh, best. Dear. My next is going to be Altior. Um, uh, I'm I'm feeling fairly confident after listening to your two views, and I, I'm hoping that Altior will be very very competitive. And oh, reserve. Shall we just chuck? We'll chuck Sporting Johnny in uh, Ooh, as the reserve. Like we're we're going to go and take on Envoy Allen then. And hopefully get something back. That's a man who does not believe in what he's saying. 
that was a man who was looking desperately for something as a reserve. <laughs> he's going to win, but I'm going to take him on. <laughs> and by Allen's gone five to four now. Envoy Allen's gone five to four. Mm. Oh, I'll snap that up as well, that then, boys. <laughs> he, he, he's going to the Supreme. He's going to the Supreme. God, he uh, Champs man up. I'll take, I'll take the four <laughs> Don't bother listening to it, rest then. I think, I think he's one of the naps of the week. And I've, do you know what? My nap for Friday will come against Adam as well because I really like one in the Fox Hunters as well and it's not Bill away. Uh, so I can't, I can't wait to see how that turns out. Uh, I'm going to go I mean it's boring seeing it's and Violin's boring but I think his price is, is a fair bit of value he probably will get shoved out so he'll probably be my next best and I'll put Bakerson in the uh, Coral Cup up as my reserve uh, it's been absolutely class having you, having you with us for these past two hours Adam it's been Another level of analysis. It's been absolutely great, and we'll have to have you back on uh, whenever we can. Well, if Aintree's on, fingers bloody crossed. (laughs) Don't worry. Coronavirus is an absolute load of rubbish, so nothing to worry about. I hope so. I hope so. Don't mind, look, Cheltenham will be on, and then we'll get to the next, we'll get the week after, and it'll be like, no racing for 12 weeks. Hopefully, yeah. I mean, a, pod, a, a podcast for entry with me and Adam on it would be, uh, what, nine well, hour, we reckon? Well, I might as well not turn up. Might as well, oh, just like oh. you too far away. <laughs> I think we'd need you to rein us back. That's the, <laughs> that's the problem. <laughs> as we sat five hours into this entry Grand National podcast and we're, we're, we're still going. <laughs> <laughs> from like 1987 or something like that. Oh Jesus! Guy Lando. Oh my word! He, he did win over the fences in the end. He won the Fox Hunters. Fox Hunters, didn't he? Yeah. And he was when the ground was rock hard. Oh. And he was he he was related to a horse who ran in the national two or three years ago, and I can't for the life of remember who it was. He was he was he was a Half-brother to the dam of a horse who ran in the Grand National, or the Grand Dam. I should remember that. Um, and I can't, I can't work out who it was. No one else cares. This is just me and Adam entertaining ourselves. You can go did, now if you want, Jim. Did, did, he, want top of the, did he want top of the ground? That's the, that's the question. <laughs> oh, I, can't, I can't remember at all. I, I, I will come up with it one day, and if anyone knows, please tell me. It's something like that I, I knew once and now I've forgotten. It irritates me that I forgot it. Uh, yeah, we, we've got Luca Viscoliosi coming up on Thursday's episode. Liam at Rating the Races, our, our partner, up on Friday. Uh, they'll be out, hopefully. The Thursday episode, hopefully, should be out the same time as this. And then Friday's whenever Jim can manage. Uh, I say thanks so much for Adam for, having, uh, to, for joining us. Uh, and we'll see you all again very soon thanks for listening see you later bye bye